0: This time on episode 466 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we discuss the 2023 Disney Plus show, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Episode 3, Run the Rink. And episode 4, Check Yourself. We also have news about the ongoing story of Victoria Alonso's departure from Marvel Studios.
1: I'm Josh Liston from On the Bubble Podcast, an oral history of television fandom part of the Gunner Geek Network just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows at
0: gunnergeeknetwork.com.
1: You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the S.H.I.E.L.D. director.
2: And now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm Agent Lauren. I'm Agent Michelle.
1: I'm Agent Chris.
3: And I'm producer of the show, director S.D. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Marvel Comic Universe fan show discussing the Marvel Cinematic and Marvel Comic Book universes as told on screen by marvel studios the show is recorded on saturday march 25th 2023 march is almost over live from the legends of shield studios and broadcast roller rink wide come and join our live chat as we record and if
2: you didn't already catch on to it we like talking about marvel
1: because you can never have too much popcorn
2: if you'd like to talk about too much popcorn you can Get a hold of us at our website, legendsofshield.com.
0: You can leave us a voicemail about how much butter you put on your popcorn at 844-THE-BUS-1. It's 844-843-2871.
1: You can check out all the drama over at Facebook and, you know, you should always have the popcorn ready for that. Tag us at Legends of Shield.
2: You can send us your favorite popcorn gifts, including, you know, that one scene from Real Genius. On Twitter, at Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. You can find us on YouTube at YouTube.com slash
0: GunnaGeek.
1: Over on our Discord server, you can tell us your favorite flavor of popcorn and get there by going to GunnaGeek.com slash Discord.
2: And remember, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the GunnaGeek Network. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned it, Lauren, because
3: I was just going to say, yes, you can have too much popcorn when it takes over your house. in real genius. Yes. Oh, one of my favorite movies ever. Val Kilmer going after it with the laser from the plane. Yeah. I wonder if Mythbusters ever tried that.
2: I don't know. I was in a an honors dorm my freshman year of college, and I made sure to lend that DVD out everywhere I could because, you know, again, it was the nerd dorm. Yeah, I remember the lottery and the,
3: I forget the actor's name, but he had the cards of all the lottery stuff. Yeah.
2: John Grease. You might also recognize him as Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite.
3: Just playing the odds, you know, send enough cards in, you're going to win a certain percentage of the prizes. They won the RV and did he go to Mexico? Is that where he's headed? I can't remember. (sighs) I don't remember. Okay. Anyway, yes. Too much popcorn in Real Genius. And too much popcorn here at the rink. So we'll talk about that in a second. You guys ready to talk about Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur?
0: Ready. Yes.
1: Do, 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 do. Bow, bow.
3: Moon Girl and Devil's Dinosaur, Episode 3, Run the Rink. Premiered on Disney Plus February 15th, 2023. And Episode 4, check yourself. Premiered on Disney Plus February 15th, 2023. Chris and I ran down some of the cast last week, but Lauren wanted to talk about one of the voice actors this week.
2: I do. So the voice actor who plays pops is one I'm always happy to see. His name is Gary Anthony Williams. He has 247 credits on IMDb, mostly voice acting. I first saw him in a thing in the movie undercover brother. Back in the day, he played smart brother He's probably best known for being Uncle Ruckus on the boondocks. And he's just in, I mean, he's in everything. In Clone Wars, he's this one shark bad guy who ends up getting blown up in a very Jaws-like scene. That at the time I was like, wow, I can't believe they did this on a kid's show. One would argue that Clone Wars is not a kid's show. Baby's first friendly fire.
3: He was great in Run the Rink. I think his character really came out and Shine, especially because he had all the moves down the floor. Michelle, talking about Run the Rink, what are the descriptions of these episodes?
0: Run the Rink. When Lunella runs the rink for a night, she agrees to Casey's get-rich-quick scheme, which threatens Moon Girl's reputation and her family's beloved business. Check yourself. When Lunella loses a game of chess against a supercomputer, her obsession with winning drives the frustrated computer to program every device in the school to
2: attack her. All right, Lauren, first thoughts. Uh, Okay, so these were some very good episodes about the importance of work-life balance, in my opinion. This show is
0: just fun and fresh.
1: I'm just loving what they're doing with this. I realize I'm still not the target audience, and I don't care.
3: I am definitely not the target audience, as we discussed last time around. So let's start talking about Roller Jam, Chris. Why are
1: all the adults going to Roller Jam? This is the one thing that I got hung up on between the both of these episodes. This is a pretty regular event, but yet the adults are just They don't have a plan. They don't like plan shutting down the rink for a night because everybody wants to go to Roller Jam. If Roller Jam is big enough that all of them want to go, wouldn't it go and be big for everybody who would be their customer? So how busy do they expect it to be? And you know, dad's kind of hurting himself. Why can't Dad stay home this time because he's hurting himself and getting hurt? keep him safe at home with Lunella plus the whole legality of having a 13 year old in charge of running a rink for the night. That's just weird.
3: I think there's labor laws in place. And I think especially in New York city, there's labor laws in place
1: only in certain States right now.
2: Yeah. And I want to say there might be some laxity when it comes to family members. Yeah. I know a bunch of family-owned like restaurants and stuff where the kids work there.
0: Look, all I know is you have a bunch of adults going to a conference that kids really aren't allowed to go to. I think Roller Jam is not exactly what we think Roller Jam is.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Wait, do you think it might have to do with the moves and the reason that grandma married grandpa?
0: Maybe that's how they met.
3: A lot of undertext going on right now. All right, let's move on to what Michelle is calling the Parade of Challengers.
0: (laughs) When Lunella is going all in on devices and having those devices help her with everything and the popcorn comes along, I could just hear the music from Fantasia when Mickey Mouse, when he's a sorcerer's apprentice, getting the brooms to do everything and bringing the water, and then there's the flood of water. So instead of a flood of water, we get the flood of popcorn.
3: I'm just going to say this now. I don't think having a dinosaur eat that much popcorn is a good idea.
2: Oh, no. That dinosaur is going to poop so much. Have an upset tummy for quite some time. So much butter.
1: Just poop in the river. You're fine.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And also, by the way, all that purple glitter. Oh, my gosh. I am not going to want
2: to clean that up. (laughs) I died at that. That was especially at the end of the episode when you just see, you know, glitter disco ball devil dinosaur just kind of angrily rotating like a cat or something.
3: And what about? At the beginning, as she's putting all this stuff together, Michelle, how did you like that visualization?
0: I thought it was really cool. All of these, I just love the colors and the really comic book style way of the animation. It really looks like panels of a comic book coming to life and just bringing all these like vibrant colors and really cool gadgets to life.
3: I broke a little bit on this episode like Chris did, and it wasn't just the leaving the 13-year-old in the charge of the place. But I was thinking about building structural integrity of the rink (laughs) flying, right? And how is that thing staying together? Most roller rinks are not that robust. And I was wondering how that was happening. And then I was also wondering, could they breathe? How high were they? Because you get above a certain (laughs) altitude and you can't breathe anymore.
2: Not going to lie, that's what I was thinking of at that point. But yes, cartoon physics is the answer. It, but it's also
3: supposed to be part of the MCU, right? So you got to make it quasi-believable.
2: Well, yeah, she used like anti-gravity stuff. It's fine.
0: Yeah, she used the arm and she used her generator thing and was able to do some stuff and... I mean, come on. Thor has a magic hammer, and then he has another magic hammer who's his ex, and he has an obvious relationship with them. If we're buying into that, then buy into this.
3: That a 13-year-old has a fusion generator. Yeah, why not?
2: Well, if you look up the Nuclear Boy Scout... I mean, I'm just saying. You never heard of the Nuclear Boy Scout? Nope. Oh, SP. I would have thought this would be up your alley. It was in, I believe, the 70s. This Boy Scout was obsessed with... Hold on. Let me pull, up, pull it up. It's, it's good. If you look up Nuclear Boy Scout on Google, and I'm checking right now, yes. David Hahn. Back in the 80s, he decided, hey this is going to be my hobby. I'm going to be obsessed with nuclear stuff. And he basically built a reactor in the shed in his backyard. I'm not going to say how, because you could still kind of do some of this stuff, but yeah, it was, it was a whole thing. It's one of my favorite weird history stuff. He unfortunately died in 2016 from, I believe cancer because of, you know, the radioactivity. But yeah, I'm just saying a uh, fusion generator. 13 year old is not exactly an unprecedented thing.
3: Mm, my parents probably tried to shield me from this. Cause I might've tried to do it. Also, <laughs> I did watch the movie the day after I believe it was in the eighties though, but that scared the crap out of me. And I just, the whole nuclear thing has always scared me and I just don't want to, I, I don't want to go down that road. I'm a rocket scientist, but I don't want to do nuclear rockets. It's just how I am. Okay. The second episode was this master computer, which I'm struggling to figure out if they're really giving us a nod or not, because the computer's name was LOS307, which, if you don't know, the shorthand for Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is LOS. So, were the writers giving us a nod or not? Writers, let us know. We have Heard you?
0: Have we been seen? Or they just found a cool way to uh, type loser?
2: (laughs) So I was really happy with this episode. Los was played by an actor that I really like, Asia Kate Dillon, who is non-binary, and you might know them from Orange Is the New Black, Billions. They were in John Wick Three, which hey, John Wick Four is out this weekend. I might see about going to see that, but. They actually have this character introduce themselves with the pronouns they, them. There's actually several non-binary characters in this show who are played by non-binary actors who show up more later in the series. But yes, I'm, I'm very happy about this. Asia Kate Dillon is a really good actor that I really, really like, and I was very happy to see them in this role and again the importance of work life balance or at least chess life balance because you have the family members of Lunella being like oh we don't want to play with you because you get so competitive it's not fun and Lunella like literally sends LOS into a meltdown because of wanting to keep playing until she wins and I mean, sometimes you just got to enjoy the journey, you know, enjoy the friends you made along the way. I
1: was a little surprised that Lunella wasn't protective of keeping LOS actually working because I would think 13-year-old super genius having a supercomputer like that, you would want to not destroy it. I mean, I don't know about you. I like not destroying my stuff. I feel like that's a very important aspect of keeping it around and working, is having it be not destroyed. And so the fact that she super channeled in on this game has to be won, especially by me. I can see it happening. It does make me a little bit disappointed in her that her competitiveness outshone her love of the technology and everything it's definitely a fault of hers
0: well she's 13 and if you notice she was using she was running programs in order to try to thwart the computer and sometimes a certain part of your personality like she was ignoring Casey as well because you just blinded you know I've got to win I got to win it's She's 13 and learning about herself. So, yeah.
2: Plus, I mean, I don't know if, you know, SP, Chris, if y'all are gamers, but. Really? There have been times in my life. No, there have been times in my life where I would be playing like Overwatch. I was really, really, really into Overwatch for a while. And I would have stuff that I would need to do, you know, open the door, pick up, you know, we got an Amazon delivery. Could you get that? And I'd just be like, yeah, let me just finish this game, but then I'd get sucked into another game, and then another game, and you know, it it just kind of, when you get in that zone, it's kind of hard sometimes to get out of that zone. So, Chris, just remind me for a second
3: here, you're on another podcast. Matter of fact, you produce (laughs) another podcast, right?
1: I do make another podcast. It is called Play Comics, where A guest and I play a video game and we talk about things related to the video game. And these are just the controllers that I have for the computer here and emulation purposes, (laughs) not to mention all the ones I have for all the other consoles around the house. So I might be a little bit of a gamer.
2: (laughs) I admit. In my defense, I haven't had all my caffeine this morning. Oh, yeah.
3: Drink up. So, we have a 13 year old, and I think I'm the only one that's parented a 13 year old here. 13 year olds have, I'm generalizing here, but they don't have a sense of ownership. And it's something that most kids have to learn. Some would call it entitlement, some would call it you just have to learn how to take care of your stuff. So, I can see. Her not caring about this computer because it's not hers. She doesn't have to worry about it. Now, if it was Devil Dinosaur or her stuff in her lab, that's different. This was somebody else's toy, and she doesn't really care about taking care of it or not. I could see that in here of her being so obsessed that she doesn't care about what happens to it as long as it can make the next move. And when it falters, when it can't make the next move, then all of a sudden she comes concerned and, of course, it doesn't just break, but it becomes this monster going after her. i would to
1: tell everybody that you are Moon Girl. Wait, how did you figure that out? <laughs> I'm a supercomputer, Moon Girl. What do you think?
2: I know everything
1: about everyone.
2: That part did crack
3: me up. I'm ChatGPT. No. Oh. But, by the way, LOS307, we reviewed Cloak and Dagger. And there's a couple episodes that we reviewed back then. So maybe there is a Cloak and Dagger fan on the writing staff. I don't know. (laughs) But my hero of the episode, my hero is Casey. For those that missed last episode, Casey is my favorite character in this whole thing. But she's my hero because as a 13-year-old in 2023, she figures out how to use a
1: rotary phone. For real. That was amazing.
2: All of this, what is this ancient 90s tech in the show? I'm like, oh my God, I know how my parents felt now. I really like Casey. So I find it interesting that, you know, usually you have a show like this. There's the hacker best friend. I'm looking at you, Kim Possible. And, you know, even Spider-Man, you have the guy in the chair as with Ned. And here, she's a social media influencer. And manages to use not only that to kind of promote Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. But throughout the show, she's able to actually use people, like sightings and stuff on social media as advice on, okay, go here, things like that. I really like that something that's seen as girly is being portrayed as a strength. I was so worried when the show started and Casey showed up. It's like, oh, it's going to be the usual, oh, she's a mean girl, and then she finds this out, and just blah, blah, blah. But she has never once been mean. Casey is just super supportive and incredibly ambitious, and I love her. Also, she's... Have her dads shown up yet at this point on the show? Yes, they were on the bike. Yes, we meet the dads. Yes. I love that that's dropped in just so casually and you know, you have the, the dual cultures of being Latina and being Jewish. And both of those are equally important to her as the show continues. And she's a fun character. She's a type of character that I hope we see more on shows going forward. Hey, Michelle,
3: please don't have any more feelings. Not until we hire a replacement.
0: Oh my goodness. I work. I work in education and the look of the guidance counselor after, you know, working there for 20 years, just sort of like this husk that is just like, help me. And now being replaced with a computer. That's just on so many levels. It just kind of hurts on so many levels, but here's this computer. And an underfunded school. I would just like to point out, this is an underfunded school. Lunella stumbles upon an art room where she says, wasn't this cut because of budget? I've been there when you see school budgets, it hurts. And all these programs that kids actually need that helps with their imagination and critical thinking schools are gone because that's what art and music and such can do. I just hope LOS... 307 is a nice and caring guidance counselor and wants to be people's friends. Yes, I work at education. I'm trained to crush people's dreams. <laughs> I'm sure LOS 307 won't crush people's dreams because technically she's not trained in education. She just
2: read about it. Well, they just read about it. I apologize. They just read about it. Yeah, LOS, you know, you see through the whole thing. They just, they want to make friends. They want to make connections. They never get to stay in one place long enough to. And again, I love that. I mean, I know it's a kid's show. So the focus is always on yay friendship and stuff like that. So my spouse is a military brat and was never able to, like, keep a bunch of the friends from childhood and everything. So you have, you know, these kids who move around a lot and haven't been able to maybe keep those friendships, even though, though it's easier now with social media. It's not like you have to write letters like you did back in the day. But, you know, that whole feeling kind of rootless and not having the connections as deep as you want them to be. So, you, you know, a kid like that could see LOS and see themselves in them. And I like that. It's you know the the villainy that Los experiences in this episode is not just you know oh evil computer glitch. It's been this resentment and everything has been building up and building up, and they feel used and they feel frustrated and lash out. And it isn't until like hey yeah there's this connection here that things are able to kind of even out
1: i was a military kid i mean and with how old i am 36 which i don't want to admit that even though that makes me younger than most of the people here
2: i think you might be the youngest person on the cast i'm the baby you're the baby
1: so growing up for me like we had aol instant messenger and all the other offshoots of that But eventually, you get to the point of, hi, we've talked about everything that's going on. People in the old place can tell me about people that I know, but I can't tell them about anybody new. And since you didn't have all the online stuff happening, it's not like you could really form new things. So eventually, you just kind of run out of things to talk about with people that were your best friends for three or four years, if you're lucky and got to stay that long. Now, these days, you do have all the online stuff. So you can get people to have a longer connection with everything. But I can totally relate to LOS's meltdown here, not the physical act of overheating. Although I do live in Charleston, too. So sometimes I can't do that. But just all of the... I finally made a connection with somebody. And now you're just almost being a villain to me. Like that's time that I wasted being your friend, knowing that I had this short period of time to even have that opportunity. And you're just turning against me and using me. It's not a fun feeling.
3: At the end of the episode, Lunella and the family get together and they start gaming. And you think by the way, it was depicted that Lunella learned her gaming lesson. I don't think she did, but what do you guys think?
0: I think she's trying to make steps in the right direction.
2: Yeah, it's difficult to change your behavior and your way of thinking completely overnight. But see, I've been, I've watched through, you know, the rest of the series at this point or what's out right now anyway. And well, what was out uh, as of like 2 weeks ago, I guess I need to Anyway, it's interesting comparing Lunella later in the series to earlier in the series because, you know, yeah, she's still having to learn lessons and everything, but you can see the tiny little incremental steps.
1: And it's it's really hard to get rid of that drive to win. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to win the games. It's all about how you're getting there. Like, am I making everybody else at the table feel bad? while I go. But I also think they made a pretty good choice in what game to play because it's a spinner thing. It's not like there's a ton of strategy that can go into that game. It's spin the thing and you get what you get. You don't pitch a fit and you take the move that you're given.
3: All right. That is our discussion on the last two episodes. Run the rank and check yourself. Michelle, any last thoughts?
2: No, I'm good. So hopping back to run the ring. I was looking up stuff about the history of roller skating because I wanted to mention I didn't get a chance to how roller skating is very much a part of like the black and queer communities dating back. I mean, it roller skating's been around since the 1800s, but you know, you really started to see the subculture forming of it in the 1970s, and jam skating is a particular form of it which is a lot of like Dance and gymnastics, and uh, there's actually a documentary called United Skates that was put. I think it was an HBO documentary in 2019, and it really features a jam skating competition. So if you want to see an example of why they were so hyped up about it, check that out, or just look up jam skating on YouTube.
1: As much as I can appreciate. Mimi's wanting to take the time with the cooking and get everything right and just having patience there is something to be said for Lunella's automatic stirrer and automatic greasing of the roller skate wheels automatically filling up the cups is going a bit far because that's just wasting your total of a five cents of soda syrup there for however many thousands of cups it was that she filled up but yeah let's merge the worlds together. Patience because you're letting the machines do all the tedious stuff.
3: All right. Next week we'll be discussing moon girl and Devin dinosaur episodes five and six is shown on Disney. Plus they're like 20 minute episodes. So they're not really long. If you want to get on Disney plus and watch them, that's great. And then let us know how you're liking it. In the meantime, we do have some, what I will say is major news to share about Marvel studios. About a day or two after we recorded last time, there was news that was dropped that Victoria Alonzo, one of the senior executive producers at Marvel Studios, was no longer with the studio. Since then, there have been some, we'll just say exclusive or tell all articles that have come out. There was one on Hollywood Reporter. There was one on Variety, kind of in response to the Hollywood Reporter article. Lauren, what happened?
2: All right. So... Victoria Alonso was let go. Immediately, there's a lot of speculation. First of all, we're going to mention Victoria's attorney's statement on the firing. The idea that Victoria, okay. Actually, let's backtrack a little bit. So, what came out most recently is that, like, according to the Hollywood Reporter, The Oscar nominated film Argentina 1985, which was one of the best documentary nominees at this year's Oscars, was at the center of last week's sudden firing of longtime Marvel Studios executive Victoria Alonso, the Hollywood reporter has learned. She was one of eight producers on the drama. However, by assuming that role, she breached her contract several times, according to sources. After repeated warnings, the situation came to a head the week after the Academy Awards and ultimately led to her termination. Now, her lawyer has stated to Variety, The idea that Victoria was fired over a handful of press interviews relating to a personal passion project about human rights and democracy that was nominated for an Oscar, which she got Disney's blessing to work on, is absolutely ridiculous. Victoria, a gay Latina who had the courage to criticize Disney, was silenced. Then she was terminated when she refused to do something she believed was reprehensible. Disney and Marvel made a really poor decision that will have serious consequences. There is a lot more to the story and Victoria will be telling it shortly in one form or another. So the narrative that is being told is that it has to do with Argentina, 1985. I have seen A lot of scuttlebutt among VFX artists and a particular Chris Lee, senior reporter for Vulture magazine, who have been speculating that it might have something to do. Well, at at least not something to do, but we've talked before about the toxic VFX work environment. Victoria Alonso was a few years ago put in charge of that department and there have been some people very vocal on twitter who have shown relief about that firing this tweet with chris lee so many vfx sources have told me victoria alonso was singularly responsible for marvel's toxic work environment a kingmaker who rewarded unquestioning fealty with an avalanche of work but who maintained the blacklist that kept FX pros wild-eyed with fear. So, again, this seems like something we're going to be hearing a lot of speculation about. This is something that we may not know the truth about for several years, if ever. What the facts are is that Victoria Alonso is no longer at Marvel. That, I mean, from numbers perspectives, there aren't a lot of... Gay Latinas in any sort of positions of power in a large studio, the loss of one is important. That said, contracts are tricky. Interpersonal relationships are important. And we just kind of need to see where everything falls with this as the weeks and months and years go on.
0: My thing is. It takes time to make a documentary, and it's not as though she all, was, all of a sudden became a producer on it. They had to have known. Why wasn't she let go during the production of the documentary? Why did they wait until after the Oscars? Apparently, she did not win. Maybe if she had won, it, they would be like, hey, we have an Oscar winner but she's not an Oscar winner and goodness it like, you know, I've worked in production and the relationships between producers can be complicated, especially sometimes if money is an issue. And so somebody else has to be brought in, but this is something Different, This is more of a corporate. Everybody was already in position, sort of deal, not during a, a product, you know, an active production, which is why they would have known she's working on it. She, she couldn't have hide something like this. And yeah, it's for Amazon, but that's for me. For me, it's the timing. Of it using something that she'd obviously been working on for over a year or something. It's like if you violated your contract and they probably would have given her one warning because it's Marvel and she kept going on it. They would have let her go then so she can go fine. You want to work on this? We gave you a warning. You didn't stop working on it. Now you're gone, and she can take her money and still work on this thing. That's why I'm a bit perplexed, is why now?
1: Contracts, I know, get sticky. And you get a lot of legalese language in there. A lot of... Here's what the contract technically says, but we're actually going to let you get away with some other things in it. And like Michelle, I think the timing is at best suspicious. But so are terms like not being allowed to work with rival studios. How do you define what a rival studio is? Because that could conceivably be anything, or it can just be just as easily studios making movies that are super directly competing with what we are making. And then who is the we? Marvel or Disney as a whole? All of this to me just smells like they had other reasons they wanted to have her leave and this is the one that they are able to Have in writing. And that's me pulling stuff out of my butt.
3: Yeah. Like Al Capone being taken down for tax evasion, sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So the speculation that everybody's dancing around, and I will say this is speculation. There is nothing that we have seen on it. I just want to make that clear is that after she was let go, and at the time it was she has left the studio, it wasn't she was fired. It wasn't until this Hollywood Reporter article came out that said she was fired. But at the time, there was speculation that it was a sacrificial lamb because phase four of the MCU, and she was big, huge, into the development of phase four, was underwhelming in its performance. And that they, Iger, or whoever, needed a scapegoat for Marvel Studios. That's entire speculation. There is no substantiation to that whatsoever. But because of that speculation, then it gets into, was this a means, this Argentina 1985, to remove her from the process without saying Marvel Studios Phase 4 sucked? Because Disney and Marvel Studios doesn't want to say that because they want you to still be involved in the MCU. They want (laughs) their money, basically. They don't want to say it sucked. They want to keep on pumping it up. So, I don't know. I don't know if she's been a sacrificial lamb or not, but this will be ongoing. I don't think we've heard the end of it. This is a major shakeup in a major studio within Hollywood and within Disney itself, which is a big company. So, we'll see what happens from here on out. I will keep my tabs on any news story on this. I'm not sure if we will hear anything because there will be legalities going on. Disney has lost, or at least has settled some major lawsuits in the past there was the whole thing over the black widow project so i don't know and the disney ceo has changed since then so i don't know if that sort of business practice is continuing with Iger as it had been uh previously so anyway this is very interesting it also point to how we're going in the future you know you brought up the whole thing about the competing studios sony I mean, what are the agreements with that? We have never seen the contract between Disney or Kevin Feige and Sony. Like, how is Kevin Feige speaking for Sony when he's running Marvel Studios? I keep bringing that up. And then you go over here where Victoria Alonso is now working with Amazon on a project. What's the difference between the two? I don't know what the contracts are. I don't know, but it does smell a little bit to me.
1: And also, the distinction between somebody resigning and somebody getting fired at this point, when you get up to that level, a lot of times people resigning is really just, hey, we're going to give you a chance to resign so that you don't have to write down that you got fired. And I've seen it other places that I've worked, which are admittedly much lower level than this, but... A lot of times when you're up in the position of power and completely different situation, but you let the power get to your head and you just start screwing things up or, you know, any number of things, then even if the management above you doesn't come out and tell you that you should probably resign, if you have, I'm going to say at least a third of a brain, you can tell that you're probably going to get fired when you start to have responsibilities taken away from you and people are brought back to work that you fired because everybody likes them better and stuff. You can tell that at the very, very best case, you're going to be in a much lower position that you've been in. And that resigning is better than having no respect at your job anymore because they've done everything except label you as a complete failure. So the distinction between failure, resigning and getting fired is really just what letters do you press on the keyboard?
0: And what was the severance package, if any? Because sometimes you can put together a very nice severance package. And that package will encourage the individual to say they resign in order to pursue other endeavors. And everyone would understand, oh, okay, you worked on this project. It got Oscar nominated. You've opened up another avenue of your creativity. And it's understandable why you would, you know, leave. Because you had a really nice severance package and that was encouraging you to go before you got fired.
3: Wouldn't it be ironic if she found a place in Apple TV Plus's production house, right? And then Apple bought out Disney and then she would be over the old Disney studios. So wouldn't that be ironic?
0: Is that talk still going on about Apple buying Disney?
3: I've heard of it. I mean, it would be ongoing for like two years because that would be the timeline that Iger would be working on. So it's in the back of my mind whether or not it's out in the open press. All right. We'll be keeping our tabs on this as we will for the rest of the Marvel studios A little bit heavy handed this time around, but there was no creative news out there for us to discuss, at least not that I saw. So we'll be on our lookout for that for next time.
0: All right, you guys ready to get on out? Ooh. Yeah, let's go eat yeah, let's eat some popcorn. Yeah.
3: Thank you for listening to us this week. And I hope you're having fun with moon girl and devil dinosaur, because that's simply what it is. It's a lot of fun. If you like listening to me, I'm on several other podcasts. There's the whole better podcasting project. There's three separate projects that are going on over there. There's the better podcasting main show, which will return in two weeks. There's Better Podcasting Live Chat, which is just Stephen and I talking the breeze about podcasting, hobby podcasting. And then I run a show called Better Podcasting Chats with SP, where I talk to other passion and hobby podcasters. This past week, I talked to Julian and Gianna Quickstad, who are a married couple, and their show is Psychology with My Wife. I talked to them about lying for their first episodes. And if you want to catch that, that would be over at betterpodcasting.com. Also, I am moonlighting on a Star Trek podcast. We're covering Picard season three. It's called Strange New Worlds Fancast, and it's been a lot of fun. We got six episodes out there right now, and I am just counting my lucky stars, pun intended, that I've been able to glob onto a Star Trek podcast as we discuss Picard season three, because it's ending of the next generation.
2: I want to thank everybody who listens to us past, present, future, whatever, thank you, whenever you run across this episode. You can find me yelling about wrestling mostly on Twitter at Sithwitch, everywhere I'm at professionally on my website, lwselinas.com. Yeah, I have some projects coming out that I can't talk about yet, but I will not stop yelling about them when I can. So I'm looking forward to sharing that with all of y'all.
0: Yes, thank you for taking time out of your day. In order to listen to us, or perhaps you're listening to us while you're doing laundry or or something, but still, we appreciate it. You can find me at shell underscore game, but I've been a bit quiet because of life.
1: Everybody here watching us, listening to us, whatever, is wonderful. And if you like hearing me talk, like we said earlier in the show, which is kind of weird for me to be able to say that, you can head on over to Play Comics, where... I grab a guest and we talk about a video game that's based on a comic and how well that game represents the source material, which this is either going to be the first or second time this is said, depending on when my next episode versus this one gets published. But not only can you look at the list of games I have on there and say, hey, Chris, i want to be a guest on the show. You can also sign up for some newsletter notifications of hey, Chris added new things to the list. Maybe I should look and see if that's one of the things that I want to be on the show for.
3: So wait a minute, Chris. You do a podcast about video games and comics?
1: I do. It's really interesting, I think.
3: Wish I would have known that. Maybe I should sign up for your newsletter so you can tell me when you got new stuff coming up.
1: You should. I mean, Lauren has been on it before. Mm -hmm. SP, I know, is going to be on it eventually when... Life settles down, which just is a little bit yeah, yep. looking forward that, to that's it. That's a bit of a probably unreachable goal for a complete thing, but we'll just let it be more settled.
3: <laughs> yeah, okay, fair enough.
1: And with Michelle, we're looking for something to get her on for. I'm in a dry period right now for her interests combined with what I have available.
3: I know we're all looking forward to being with you on another podcast. And in the meantime, we are ramping up for five, six weeks from now. I don't know the exact amount of dates, but Guardians of the Galaxy Valium Theory is coming out the first week in May. So we're looking forward to that in the future. So until next time, I'm Director SP. I'm Agent Fumbles. I'm Agent
1: Tribbles. And I'm Agent Chris. See
3: everybody next time. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye. Bye.
3: Don't burn the popcorn. Don't burn it. Don't burn it in the microwave. It'll oh, stink God forever. The
1: smell. Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunnageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com. And also artists on pawn5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended.
0: I'm so excited for the Dungeons and Dragons movie, because my group, were going on Friday.
3: Oh, yeah. I've heard bits and pieces about that, but I didn't know it was coming
0: out. Yeah. Next Friday. <laughs> because so many of us are going, we've already bought our tickets, because it's like... <laughs>
1: Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2023.